What's up, party people? It's Tyler Quali, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a review. The People's Party, it is not a party without the people. Now, I want to tell you about a new show from the Uproxx Network. As a fan of hip-hop, creativity, and the culture as a whole, I know this show is for you. It's created by my man Eli Morgan Gessner, and it's called The Masters. If you don't know about Eli, he is very important to the culture. He created Trip in the early 90s. A revolutionary live hip-hop party in downtown New York Where club kids and skateboarders partied with hip-hop heavy hitters Like KRS-One, De La Soul, and the Jungle Brothers Then, with fellow designer and my friend Ali Ashamore They created and launched Fat Farm You know what Fat Farm is Fat Farm, clothing for Russell Simmons And then Eli broke away to start his own brand, Zoo York Which launched the careers of New York legends like Harold Hunter, R.I.P. Between Fat Farm and Zoo York, Eli essentially pioneered modern streetwear, but that wasn't enough. Marrying his love of filmmaking, hip-hop, graffiti, and skateboarding, Eli launched Zoo York Films, producing music videos for company Flow, Blackstar, and other early raucous classics. And if you've ever seen video footage from Stretch and Barbito's radio show on 89 Tech 9, chances are it came from Eli's camera, as he posted up there regularly to document and film history in the making. In his new show for Up Rocks, The Masters, Eli talks to the legends in the world of streetwear, graffiti, skateboarding, and hip-hop to better understand the history of what we today call the culture. So be sure to subscribe to The Masters today at applepodcast.com forward slash The Masters and catch the first episode with producer and famous collector of polo gear, 88 Keys, that's the homie. And now, here's a preview from Eli himself. Some people are born talented, others lucky, but few get blessed with both. Hearing one single song on late night radio sent 88 Keys on a vinyl adventure that would ultimately lead him right to his hip hop heroes. Q-Tip, Pete Rock, and Large Professor. Then on to becoming partners in crime with a young Kanye West, and now releasing the last song recorded with the late great Mac Miller. My name's Eli Morgan Gessner, and I'm the co-founder of Fat Farm, Zoo York, and a whole bunch of other shit. I'm also the style editor here at Uproxx. So I came up with this show as an excuse to sit down with my friends and the defining figures behind today's creative culture. This is The Masters. What's up, man? Chilling, chilling. Good, thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> my name is 88 Keys and I am from New York. So when you were a kid, were you, did you grow up in a musical family or musical environment or how did you, get, how, where did that come from? Like there was hip hop music, like rap music played, like Run DMC, but I never really gravitated towards it because to me back then, I wasn't really impressed, I guess, because it was, <clears throat> back then it was like mainly just drum machines and then like yeah. a bass line, like a sure. live bass line or whatever. Yeah. And then the hip and the hop and it, like, I don't know, I just found it was like- I don't think anyone could have predicted where it has ended up. Oh know? yeah. It, it almost seemed like, for sure, this is just like a, a, like a, a flash in the pan. But I liked hip-hop. I didn't fall in love with it yet. Then I moved to Long Island in 1990, I mm. believe. Where in Long Island? Uh, West Hempstead. Okay. Eagle Avenue. West Hempstead! <laughs> Nobody does that. <laughs> and around the same time, uh, tri A Tribe Called Quest. Sure. Yeah. People just think the travels is the passenger, and that came out. Mm. So once that came out, I felt like... I had to be a part of this. Like, that's when I really? fell in love with hip-hop, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love that record. Yeah. I love the Jungle Brothers record before yeah. that, and yeah, then Q-Tip does the little thing in the, the end. Yeah, the promo the and promo, all that stuff, yeah, and Black yeah. is Black. So De La Soul came out, and I was like, yo, what is this? 
people made fun of me. Like I remember a couple of friends made fun of me because I like De La Soul. Really? Well, I mean, well, as, as far as my friends, they were all about like Eric B and Rakim, oh, like, right, Big yeah, Daddy yeah. Kane, Slick Rick, and all that stuff. And I, I, lo I loved all, I, lo I loved all those artists as well. But um, it was something, like me liking De La Soul. They were just, uh, they were just like a sore thumb. Huh? That's it's, funny. That's the premise of their first video. Oh yeah, was them that. in high school with all like the B boys saying that they're toy. Oh yeah, no, I lived that. <laughs> I lived that, and then I had the Gumby haircut, so that, oh, didn't, that didn't help. Oh, yeah, it, it helped, yeah. but it didn't help at the same time. Yeah. You remember uh, Kiss FM? Of course. Not, yeah, uh, 98.7 Kiss right. FM. So on Sundays, they used to have uh, Cool Kiss Classics. Yeah. 98.7 Kiss FM. So Sundays from 8 to, I want to say, midnight. I was listening to Cool Kiss Classics one night, and I heard Everybody Loves the Sunshine sure. by Roy Ayers Ubiquity. Yeah. Never heard it before in my life. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. So... I heard, the, I heard the song, I thought it was a weird remix for a brand new, means Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Right. Uh, uh, Wake Up, right. the Everybody Loves the Sunshine remix. So I thought it was like a remix to a remix with some old guy singing. <laughs> and I loved it. I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm listening to, but it sounds crazy. So I, I called them and I asked them about the record that they had just played and they said, that's your Ayers. They told me what it was and they said, good luck trying to find it. I right. said, all right, cool. And there's a, a record store in a town called Hempstead, which, which was the neighboring town to West Hempstead. Right. I As guess, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was east of West Hempstead. <laughs> so I asked them for it. They said they didn't have it, but they said they, they may know a person who did. And they lived in Malvern, which is another neighboring town from West Hempstead. Mm -hmm. um, so they had given me this... The, this person's number and there's a person who sold records out of there from their home oh okay literally like they had a two two-story house with a finished basement and an attic literally top to bottom boxes and boxes of this records this sounds familiar some for the other people used to go there i think um i think i've heard this story before. oh yeah 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 well well it's, it's yes and no okay so I'm, I'm so I'm I'm talking about Amy and Red, so the two old couple. They had a son named John. Right. John Carrero. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, he does rock, soul, and funk, jazz, and stuff. So maybe right. he would have it. He sold it to me for how much? I want to say eleven bucks. You get uh, um, everybody loves the sunshine. Yeah, yeah everybody Easiest loves the song to make a beat out of. By the way. Yeah. You just but, throw drama over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I I wasn't thinking along the terms of making beats because I didn't know what. How to do it. Yeah. All right, so you're figuring this all out. So I didn't know what sampling was. Sure. And so, so I, I purchased the record, and, you know, he asked me, I remember he asked, like, why do I want this record? I was like, it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. Um, I listened to the record at home, and I was just, like, mesmerized by the record. The whole album. The whole album. Mesmerized. Bumps some cowboy. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. And then I felt like, you know what, let me try another old record. Mm. You know, so I, I just randomly purchased another old record from John again. So that, that happened a few times and then I started hearing samples like in hip hop songs. Right. Not knowing, and I still didn't get the connection like, oh, they're taking it from these right. guys. And you know, I was like, yo, did I just hear that? So where do you, where do you, how do you resolve this? Where do you go to? Well, so, all right, so by this time I was working for John Carrero. So like, oh. it, yeah, I, I was initially, I was just cleaning his records. Huh, how yeah. old were you? I want to say 14. Yeah, I was going to guess. Yeah, I was 14 years old. I was cleaning his records, and he had like, massive records and stuff. And then I uh, inadvertently became his ear. So we would go digging on Long Island, and he knew all the spots, and like everybody knew it. Like, when they saw him, he was like, oh, John, or whatever. Right. It was like, you know, cheers. 
Sure. Everybody knew his name. So I would be with him, and then eventually he, he would uh, play records there, and then he would ask me, like, hey, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, yeah, I can see that being used for, like, hip-hop. And so he would buy those records, maybe, like, a dollar, maybe three, sometimes wow. eight dollars, hmm. and then we would do the uh, Roosevelt record Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah, yeah, the record conventions. And these records that he would purchase for, like, you know, a dollar to, like, eight dollars, he's selling for, like, 30 Oh, yeah. You know, 20 $30. Right. Killing them. And, like, I said, man, I'm one in because, like, I felt like I had an ear. But there you are. I mean, you're in probably one of the best positions possible. Yeah. But by this time, like, he kind of loved me like a little brother. Sure. Like, I was, like, the kid brother he never had. Uh-huh. So he's like, yo, you know what? Like, you want to you wanna do this? I think you can. I believe in you. Uh, let's find out what we need. One random day, I'm cleaning records at his place, and he gets a phone call. And he's like... Okay, uh, so your name is John, Jonathan? And so he's taking his notes down like another right. customer. And you know, I'm, I'm not really thinking much of it. It's like Jonathan, Jonathan Davis? Yeah. I said, all right, cool. I was like, wait a minute, Jonathan Davis? So I knew that Q-Tip's name was Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Jonathan W.E. Davis sure. Jr. And I was like, nah, I can't be. Your hero. Yeah. So I asked, I asked John, I said, hey John, I asked him if, if he's, part of a, a Tribe Called Quest. And he goes, uh, yeah, are, are you part of a Tropical Quest? <laughs> we should start a cover band. <laughs> I hit him with this emoji. <laughs> and then, I, yo, and I, I can't make this up. Sure. I wanna say 15 minutes later, the phone call goes off, the phone goes off again. Peter, Peter Phillips. <laughs> I'm like, nah. Because he called him up. Yeah. I just called this guy. He's got all the records. Yeah. So he called Pete, Pete Rock, Rock and Pete <laughs> Rock calls the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, so, so you're coming over? Yeah, just let me know the day. Sure. I was like, yo, I have to meet Q-Tip. Sure, sure. Yeah, I yeah. have to meet Q-Tip. Yeah. 